The Truth News Network. In a world where up is down and sideways is a way of life, when the truth one moment is a lie the next, and everything is your fault, you need hope. You need clarity. You need TNN. The Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. Well, everything is your fault. I live in that house. (laughs) I've lived in that house with that being the overriding theme. It didn't happen right when we got married, but shortly thereafter, it was just pretty much the truth. Everything bad that happens, every problem that comes up, all that kind of stuff is my fault. And it doesn't matter if I acknowledge it or just say, you know, screw it. It doesn't change. Right is right. Wrong is wrong, period. It doesn't matter who's involved. Guys, take responsibility for what decisions and choices you make. Make sure your wives take responsibility for the bad choices they make, even if one of those bad choices is marrying you. (laughs) You know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. They just do. But I guess maybe even more important than you and your wife taking accountability, we need to make sure we teach our kids the importance of accountability for their choices. Whatever actions they take based upon their choices, they need to understand For everything that happens, there's an effect, cause and effect. Whatever happens, whatever we do, whatever we don't do, it's going to impact us in in other ways. That's just part of who we are. Good old human nature. How about that? Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a new week at TNN Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your tolerance, for giving us a day off on Good Friday. It was a really good day for us. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. And then you need to lock in, lock and loaded on the show today because it is full of things that you may have missed. There's no way that any of us could have lived through a long weekend like that, a three-day, four-day weekend for some of us, and gotten everything, knew everything that happened that's important. Well, you're not going to miss a thing. We're going to see to that. And I've got a special thing I want to say to get this thing started in just a few minutes. But as always, let's start with a, a good song. You remember this? Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate You see, war is not the answer For only love Lights and picket signs 
punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see. You know what's interesting? When that song came out, I, I, I can't remember even when it was. Was it in the early 70s, May, maybe late 60s? I don't remember. But just remember how we got our information when Marvin Gaye was still alive and doing songs like that. We had three major television networks. We didn't have cable television. We listened to CBS, ABC, NBC, and remember when they had radio? I mean, real news on radio networks? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were just flooded with good information. Fast forward to this year, right now, 2023. Think about the plethora of news sources we all have. And if you want to get the facts, we can't go any longer to just CBS, NBC, or ABC. Oh my gosh, thank goodness we've got alternatives because now we find out and we hope and pray that back in the 60s and 70s that those networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, they weren't feeding us a bunch of partisan drivel. They were just giving us facts and then trusting us to determine what facts are really the ones that are appropriate, good, bad, ugly, and make decisions on our own. They actually did that at one time in media history. 
Not anymore. We have to be selective about who we watch, who we listen to, and who we read their stuff. It's a shame, but you know what, folks? We love all the benefits of the modern age, the electronics, the internet. We enjoy all of those things. Everything comes with a price. If you were here at the very top of the show, we were talking about accountability. There's accountability for everything we do, everything we don't do. There's a price to pay. Nothing's free. You want something? Okay. Go get it. But you got to pay a price for it. Often the price we have to pay is not really that good. Real quickly, I want to circle back in just a minute, but real quickly, let me tell you about our Friday. We did not have a show, TNN Live on Friday, which is very rare, as you know, but it was a big day in our family. We have twin granddaughters that are juniors in high school this year, Emmeline and Grace. Grace, they both play soccer, but Grace is a soccer stud. And she is looking and she will play college soccer somewhere. In fact, they've been invited for tours to several universities and have been there in the last year. They've got another one they're going to, I think, this Thursday. And part of it is an outcome of what happened Friday in Dallas, actually. It's not Dallas. It was in not Plano. Anyway. You know, one of the northern suburbs of Dallas-Fort Worth. Toyota Stadium is there. It's a soccer stadium that is impeccable. It is a professional soccer stadium. There was a Dallas Cup tournament. That's the name of it, Dallas Cup tournament, where they chose eight girls' teams, same ages, high school. And they're international teams. And they had this tournament last week. Eight teams. So, you know, you go through the eight teams. You got four games the first day, two games the second day, and then the championship. Well, Grace's team beat the number one team in round one. And then in round two, they beat the number two team. How about that? And then Friday was the big match. They played Australia. Can you believe in Dallas, an Australian girls soccer team, high school soccer team, that should tell you how big soccer is, or as they call it, football, around the world. Team from Australia was here, and Grace and her team won the championship four to nothing. That's a really big deal. It is a big deal. Not so much that they beat the Australian team, But we live in a world that has dumbed down competition or the thought or the processing mentally of competition. And many of the woke crowd, even beginning back 25, 30 years ago, dumbed down the benefits of winning in anything. You can't win. Oh my gosh, to win, that means somebody's got to lose. So if you're a winner, that means somebody else is a loser. We can't make people think that they lose. That's where that participation trophy theology came in, which I abhorred when it did, and I still think it's bad. You know why? Folks, life, when you get out of la-la land, and I'm talking about high school and even college, when you get into the real world, winning is a really deal. 
and losing is too. And in life, in life, we all really want to win everything we're involved in. We do, and don't tell me you don't. Don't tell me it's okay to lose. Yeah, for every winner, there's a loser when you have competition. That's life. So this morning coming up, one of our rock stars in Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she was out on the parade over the weekend, and she just stepped in it time after time after time. And it goes along with this thing that we're talking about right now. We'll get into that. I don't even know if I want to hear what she had to say. We'll do a story at least. Maybe I'll let you listen to her. But every time she opens her mouth on a national show of any kind, she sticks her foot in it, and she did that over the weekend. But in the middle of all the chaos and stuff that's going on in our lives, sometimes it's hard to back out of the fray. You know what I mean? You're looking in and watching something happen. You're wanting to get more information. And you get a little bit, but maybe you're not understanding things the way it appears to you that they are happening. Sometimes it's better just to back out a little bit, and I call it go back up to the 30,000-foot level and look down and try to be a little more objective. And so I want you to just picture, now we do the show, it's two hours, Monday through Friday. And then we have stories that are published every day at truthnewsnet.org. We have guest writers. We have some of the best in the nation that write here for you. And just so you know, every story you read there is not exactly what Dan Newman thinks. We're all not exactly mirror images of each other and therefore one person or one thought process. We're not. We're individuals, which means we have a lot of opinions. And I'm not going to agree with everything you think is real and right and wrong. And you're not going to agree with everything that I say is real, right, and wrong. That's okay. That's what this nation has always been about, that the wokesters are trying to do away with. AOC, we'll get into a little bit of what that means to her in her life. And, of course, she is the epitome of political hypocrisy. We'll talk more about that a little bit. But let me tell you this. It is now official. You cannot question what I'm about to tell you. It's fact. America is now a third world country. Oh my gosh, Dan, have you lost it? No, I haven't. So let's talk about the third world, the first world, second, whatever it is. Let's talk about that whole philosophy. Don't let Today's industrial prowess and atomic weapons fool you. Countries like Haiti and Honduras, they have nothing on us now regarding a legal system that one ruling party hurls like a harpoon at its opponents and holsters on behalf of all of its friends. The Masons, remember those guys they chiseled quotation marks, and other writings around buildings in marble in Washington, D.C. And there's one that they need to change. It's at the U.S. Supreme Court. The phrase that they chiseled up there says, equal justice under law. 
it's now purely sarcastic, and they should put quotation marks around that phrase, equal justice under law. It's not equal justice in the United States. Consider the radically different treatment given to 2016's presidential nominees. Donald Trump, in a heap of trouble, thanks to Manhattan Democrat District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Last Tuesday, Bragg indicted Trump. 34 felony counts of first-degree falsification of business records. And we all know that. Bragg accuses Trump of reimbursing his then-attorney Michael Cohen, who is a convicted liar, and he has been indicted, Trump has, for paying former porn star Stormy Daniels $130 in hush money, and Trump didn't pay her. Michael Cohen did. And the reason they went that way in the allegation by attorney Braggs is to conceal an affair that Stormy claimed and Trump denies. Although she has come out in writing and recanted that they didn't have an affair. Her silence helped Trump become president. That's what Bragg is maintaining. He further contends each check was disguised as a payment for legal services. Well, how many checks were there? 34. Therefore, 34 count indictment. That's his case. Luckily for Trump, Bragg's indictment is emptier than a punch bowl of helium. Bragg accuses Trump of violating what's called Penal Code, Penal Law 175.10, a Class E felony. Little problem for Alvin, according to New York criminal law, beyond the gravest Class A felonies, quote, a prosecution for any other felony must be commenced within five years after the commission thereof. The 34th and the most recent charge in Bragg's indictment cites Trump's check dated December 5th of 2017. 2017, wait a minute, that five-year thing. Well, this alleged crime statute of limitations lapsed. December 5th, 2022, Bragg's other charges expired even earlier. Can Alvin count to five? All 34 counts connect to an intent to commit another crime. That's his allegation. What's that second crime? Well, nobody knows. It's not in the indictment. Without that second crime, Bragg is like a man with 34 sticks of dynamite and doesn't have a lighter. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Oh, those each one of those 34 checks, those cur- those are connected to another crime. What crime? Rather than a landmark in criminal justice, Bragg's indictment is the quintessence of copy and paste. Essentially, the same paragraph appears, but with unique dates for each of Trump's checks. This equals 11 alleged felonies from February through December of 2017. Corresponding invoices add 11 more charges. Never mind Cohen submitted them to Trump, which shouldn't make Cohen culpable. 
12 attendant ledger entries round out Bragg's 34 charges. Let's see if Bragg now is going to indict a murderer with six homicide charges, one for each bullet he unloads from his revolver into a victim. Bragg clearly drafted his indictment with crayons. Never mind. Forget about it. In an unprecedented scenario, the former president of the U.S. spent Tuesday in Manhattan criminal court getting arraigned, fingerprinted, dragged before Judge Juan Marchand, who, by the way, is a multi-time Biner donor. Trump now faces massive legal bills, relentless migraines, as he fights these charges between now and a December 4th preliminary hearing, two months before the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary. Priceless ammunition for Trump's rivals. So what befell 2016's Democrat nominee for strikingly similar conduct? Remember, according to the Federal Election Commission, Hillary Clinton's campaign paid $175,000 to Perkins Coy, a big law firm in D.C., for what was alleged in the complaints to be opposition research done by Fusion GPS. I know you, you know all this stuff. I'm just refreshing your memory a little bit. Respondent reported the purpose of payment to Perkins Coy as legal services on its disclosure reports. The FEC further found probable cause to believe that Hillary for America broke the law by misreporting the purpose of certain disbursements. Those legal services, in fact, finance former British spy Christopher Steele's fictitious dossier that tarred Trump as a Kremlin stooge. And his biggest crime was peeing on the bed where Barack and Mrs. Obama allegedly stayed. Clinton Cash launched the three-year rush. I didn't make that up, folks. That's in the Trump dossier that Hillary funded. Clinton Cash launched the three-year Russia hoax that tore us apart, split us right down the middle with an axe. Half the country thought Trump served Vlad, that's Putin. The other contracted laryngitis while refuting these lies. So what punishment did Hillary endure for funneling six figures to her lawyers to smear Trump, sway the 2016 election, and then shroud her evil with bogus bookkeeping. As the FEC's February 22, 2022 conciliation agreement states, and I quote, respondent will pay a civil penalty to commission in the amount of, you ready for this, $8,000 pursuant to 52 U.S.C. 3109 paragraph a, subparagraph 5, subparagraph A. Also, respondent agrees not to violate 52 U.S.C. 3104, paragraph B, section 5, subsection A, and 11 CFR 104.3, yada, yada, yada. Not going to do it in the future. That's it. As FEC attorney Richard L. Weiss declared, quote, the commission closed the file in this matter March 25th 2022. Hillary then jetted around, signaled virtue, and relaxed in her Chappaqua mansion without a care in the world. So, at least eight months of legal hell for the Republican, $8,000 fine, and serenity for the Democrat. 
one nation, two justice systems, third world status for all. So it goes for former President Trump and what he is facing right now. And there is plenty of that to go around for each of us, including you, including you. And we're going to start detailing it. Get out your pad and paper. Get you a pen with an eraser on the end of it. (laughs) We're going to wade into this right after this. Subway Restaurant Storytime Theater proudly presents Jack and the Beanstalk. Fee, fi, fo, foam. I smell the... I, I smell, uh, something delicious. Hey, little fella, what you got there? Oh, this? It's the big hot pastrami sub from Subway Restaurants. Mmm, that does look tasty. It sure is. Climbing that beanstalk out there makes you hungry. Uh, you mind if I have a bite? Sure! I'll trade you for that goose over there with the golden eggs. You got a deal! Hungry for something big? Then pick up a big hot pastrami sub from Subway Restaurants. Layer upon layer of delicious hot pastrami stacked high and toasted to flavorful perfection on freshly baked bread. Topped with pickles, mustard, and melted Swiss cheese, it's the perfect way to satisfy any giant-sized appetite. Big Hot Pastrami, available at participating restaurants for a limited time only. See restaurants for details. Subway. Eat fresh. Holidays abroad. Can we? Can't we? But then we thought, should we? Staycation! We could share a yurt. Please, no. Luckily, we've picked British Airways holidays. Small deposit and can change if we need to. Decision made. Moonlight skinny dipping. (laughs) We've booked St. Lucia. Two weeks. Did you? Why didn't we? Ah, clever you. British Airways Holidays, at all protected. Meet Phil Sklar, co-founder of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Our dream is to make Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the bobblehead capital of the world. At American Family Insurance, we believe your dreams are the most valuable things you will ever own. So today, we're supporting Phil's dream. If people would like to be a part of the bobblehead dream, we take donations in money or bobbleheads. Every dream deserves a champion. Find yours at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its affiliates. 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. obvious 60s song there. Well, the wokeness, the woke crowd have attacked our military services, but not just our military services, the spiritual element of our military services. The Archdiocese for the Military Services slammed Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for issuing to them a cease and desist order to Holy Name College, a community of Franciscan Catholic priests and brothers who have given pastoral care to troops and veterans at Walter Reed Medical Center for almost 20 years now. And they got that cease and desist last week, right before Easter. This C&D ordered 
the Catholic priest to stop any religious services at Walter Reed. This order was issued as Catholics entered Holy Week, the most sacred days in the Christian faith, in which they participate in liturgies, remembering Jesus' passion, leading the church to celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. Representative Mary Miller, a Republican of Illinois, called the move an unconscionable attack on Christian service members, the First Amendment, too, by the way, by Biden Department of Defense. She's called the House to investigate why DOD did this, especially on Holy Week. I don't even know why she asked that. This is the U.S. government. This is the Biden administration. That's what this administration is all about. Symbolism over substance. There's no there there in anything. I had a chance over the weekend to spend a really deep amount of time digging into stuff going on behind the scenes that even we hear. And we spent, for every two hours of the show, we spent at least three more hours in preparation for the show. So that's five or six hours a day. And even with that, a bunch of the stuff I had missed. Last week and the week before, some of our military leaders were in front of uh, committees and subcommittees that are over our military, and that included our Secretary of Defense and our Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And I got to be honest with you. You know my feelings on our military leadership. You know my feelings on our Secretary of Defense looking at their public service, General Milley, the same. By the way, General Milley, after all this stuff happened over the weekend, he announced he's retiring at the Joint Chiefs spot, which is kind of interesting. But the consensus of what I heard, the thread through everything is they deny everything. Of course, the 900-pound gorilla in the room was the way we pulled out of Afghanistan. A paper came out last week, and we published the entire Department of Defense explanation of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. They announced it was a huge success, and it went on and on and on and on. And they were blasted everywhere. In fact, Democrats were getting up saying, you guys live in la-la land. It was not a good withdrawal. And it's still not. We still have people that are hiding from the Taliban inside of Afghanistan, those people that we promised we would make sure they were part of our withdrawal whenever we did it. Secretary of Defense, he denied everything, any specific that he was asked. I mean, it was kind of like this. Do you really believe that? And his pat answer was, we stand by our policies. That's what we do. No explanations whatsoever. I watched the, and, and I get that at YouTube, just like you can. You can go to YouTube and you can do a search and every one of these things come up. Committee hearings for DOD officials, they all come up. I mean, grab some popcorn, folks, because it is, it's it's like going to the movies. It's not, it's none of it is the truth. They're not giving our people that are in oversight over them, you know, the ones that control all the military money. 
the House of Representatives. They're not giving them any information. And time after time, members of the committees were saying, Mr. Secretary, on such and such a date we sent you, and I'm talking about months and even year plus ago, requesting this information, this documentation, and we've not heard from you. It was dozens of times. They are not accountable to anybody. They know their president, the commander-in-chief, doesn't have a clue about what they're doing or not doing unless somebody in his administration thumps him on the head and says, hey, 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 read this. We're not going to put this on the teleprompter. We think you'll mess it up, but read this. Everybody around the world is watching the same thing that I was watching. Leaders know Xi Jinping in China, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, Vladimir Putin, they all Iran's leaders, Syria's leader, they all know our president is feckless, our commander-in-chief is in the tank, he has never, ever made a good policy decision in his 35 years as a senator and then now as president. That wasn't me saying that. That's former CIA director, former Secretary of Defense, now the president of Texas A&M, Rob Gates, Robert Gates, said that about Joe Biden years ago. He's never made a good foreign policy decision. And we don't live in a vacuum. We have all these despots that want nothing more than to destroy the United States of America. They don't want to have to pay the price that Americans did to make this country what it is today, to push through hard times, wars. Can you imagine fighting a world war in Europe against Germany, the Nazis, and against Japan at the same time and winning? We did that. We did that, and it took Every single American to buy in for that to be successful. We won on both accounts. It cost us tens of thousands of lives and billions of dollars and hard work and sacrifice and all those kind of things. We have a generation of people now that don't get that. They don't care about it. And they certainly don't want to go through it again. And so what we have to do is just raise our hands and give up and let every foreign country just come in here and take what they want, tell us what to do, and we're just going to do it benignly. And by the way, we'll be apologetic to them because we're tyrannical. We don't have the right to be the best country on the globe. And they even apologize for the things that we've done to help us help each other get to where we are today. I'm sorry, folks. That's the America in which we find ourselves living. It's not pleasant to think about. And it may not be too late to do something about it. But we've got to stop all this parade stuff on the weekend news shows of these feckless leftists going on the CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC. They go on these shows and they denigrate 
all of our quote-unquote real leaders, and they lift up our snowball leaders that have no constitution, no truth within them, no commitment to the rule of law that is the fundamental structure that made it able for the United States to get where we are, and they just diminish and demean anybody and everybody that's for real representative government, and they call everybody that doesn't just listen to them the tyrants of our government that demand benign acceptance of anything and everything they say, and if you don't agree, you're tagged. You're either uh, ultra-MAGA, you're a Republican sycophant, you're a fascist, or all three of those. You disagree with them, you're one of those three. Eeny, meeny, miny. No explanation for it. AOC did it this weekend. It's happening everywhere. It's about not opinion. They think it's about opinion. It's about fundamental truths. And then this kind of stuff happened over the weekend. Ukraine intelligence documents were leaked. I mean, really serious stuff. Could be the worst for us since Snowden did his thing. A group of our intelligence documents dealing with the Ukraine war and other global matters leaked through online gaming forums. And the leak has been dismissed as fake by some in both Ukraine and Russia, but is apparently being taken seriously elsewhere. About 100 pages of secret U.S. intelligence reports have leaked into the public domain. One newspaper citing an intelligence commentator says could be the biggest since Edward Snowden. And I don't know if you remember, but he leaked thousands of documents back in 2013 after he got concerned with the ethical implications of Western intelligence activities. So are these documents real or not? The authenticity of this new group of leaked documents, which deal predominantly with our military assessments of what's going on in the Ukraine war, but also we're told they reveal U.S. spying on allies, including South Korea and Israel, and has previously been disputed, yet they appear to be taken seriously by those who observe Western intelligence, even if the Pentagon and the DOJ and the U.S. have said nothing other than they are aware of the claims they are investigating And, of course, they have no other comment to make. CNN, some newspapers like the Washington Post and the New York Times, which was first to report of the emergence of these documents on social media and these online gaming forums. I can't can't fathom how online gaming forums got a hold of these documents and why they would come through there. These news agencies note intelligence sources are treating the documents appear to be legitimate intelligence and operational briefs, and they report frustration in our government that the documents were being posted online for weeks before anybody noticed. (laughs) Nobody saw it, and nobody said anything. 
Nobody knows who the original source is, but open source intelligence collective Bellingcat traces apparently leaked intelligence documents being posted on Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D, which is a social platform, and a lot of computer gamers go there, and they say it was put up back in January. Eventually, the document spread to 4chan, which is, of course, that conspiracy place where all the Trump supporters went. They were used there to settle some arguments, which echoes a previous leak that was used to browbeat users in an online debate about the realism of tank warfare game and Russia's telegram. Of course, when they hit the telegram, that's Russia. Everybody perked up. Can you believe we're having the story? The stuff came out in January, real intelligence documents. <laughs> we're, we're in the first week of April, and it's just getting noticed. Come on now. <laughs> Have we gone that far? I mean, I, I, I just don't understand it. I don't see how we could in the United States of America with all the media we have and all the media we consume every day, that it could take this long for something like this to come out. And so I go back and forth and back and forth about, is it real? Are they real? Are they legitimate? Is somebody messing with our minds? And the DOD, of course, they could, like that, debunk it or tell us it's facts and move on, of course, they're not going to do anything that may point a finger at them for responsibility for anything, including leaked, classified documents pertaining to our involvement in the Ukraine war. Oh, by the way, you don't think Vladimir Putin has a copy of all those interpreted into Russian and an executive summary attached to the front of them. And he's had them since January. And Joe Biden's saying... Hey, is it time to go to work? (laughs) It's a quarter till 11 in D.C. Oh, my gosh. What what are we coming to? Hey, let's just just flip gears for a second. As you can tell, I'm in a good mood today. I'm not going to get mad. It's just like the irony of a bunch of this stuff. It just slaps me in the face over and over again. By the way, if you want to weigh in, feel free to call toll-free 1-866-37-TRUTH. That's 1-866-378-7884. You know, we still have this uh, Biden family syndicate issue. You probably don't want to hear about that or talk about it. But the House Oversight Committee has really, they have just latched a hold of this thing. Of course, none of the big media outlets, CNN, MSNBC, even ABC, CBS, NBC, none none of those news outlets have been covering it. It's like, it's no big deal. They won't get into it until after it's real and they're fixing to be prosecutions involved. And there will be, by the way. But nevertheless, Monica Crowley, I'm, I'm sure you remember, if you don't know her face uh, or her voice, she's a been a contributor for years off and on on Fox News primarily other 
other sources as well. She weighed in on Fox over the weekend about some of the stuff going on with the ratcheting down by Representative Comer, who's the head of that House Oversight Committee, regarding getting actual bank documents from banks through subpoenas. And she talked about that, and then she also talked about the new classified document leaks. Here's Monica over the weekend. The House Oversight Committee issuing subpoenas to several major banks seeking financial records as part of their ongoing probe into Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. The subpoenas were issued to Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, HSBC Bank, along with Cathay Bank, which is based in Los Angeles's Chinatown. Monica Crowley served as Assistant Treasury Secretary under former President Trump, and she joins us now. Monica, good morning to you. Good morning and a happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well. Um, tell me the significance in your estimation of what the House has begun to investigate with the Bidens. Yeah, so since President Biden entered office, there have been numerous requests by uh, Republicans to try to gain control or, or access to the suspicious activities reports that the Yellen Treasury Department was stonewalling and holding back. Since the GOP gained control of Congress, they've had subpoena power. So not only do they now have access to what looks like upwards of 250 suspicious activities reports generated by banks to the Treasury Department to raise flags on whether or not there was illegal or any kind of suspicious activity with those foreign transactions. But now you've got the House moving on the banks. Now, these are considered friendly subpoenas, meaning that these financial institutions actually asked for the subpoenas because then they will be forced to, to turn it over. So these banks now are going to be turning over bank records for not just Joe Biden, but Hunter Biden and the entire Biden family. And we're going to be able to see in pretty short order whether or not there were these financial business transactions that have put America's national security at risk. Will we see that, Monica? Is this the beginning? Is this the end? Will, will we have clarity or it just be even more confusing and provide the Biden some sense of plausible deniability. I'm very curious what we will actually see. Yeah. So the House Republicans, this is just the beginning of their investigation. And because the corruption with the Biden crime family runs so deep, it may be a while for the House Republicans and their investigation to really excavate the depth of what's gone on here. But what we know so far from what's been detailed and disclosed is that these transactions were not just geared toward enriching the Biden family, which of course they were, but a lot of these transactions that we know about so far were actually also designed to help the CCP advance their strategic and military interests. We're talking about billions of dollars in some of these uh, financial dealings that Hunter Biden was coordinating. So it's not just about their personal enrichment, well, no, but it's don't. also about helping the CCP achieve their goal of, by 2025, economic dominance in the world, supplanting the United States, and by 2030, matching the U.S. military. Yeah, you don't, you don't buy something for nothing. Exactly the, the right. The payments would certainly be understood to be in pursuit of some quid pro quo, some objective, some, some goal for China. I want to ask you about this while I have you, though. Uh, there's been this classified document leak in the last, it's been about the last 24 hours. It's appeared on Twitter. Um, it's detailed a ton of American national security interest in Ukraine, uh, casualties in Russia, American spying operations. When you look at this, tell me in your estimation the significance of it and also 
whose interest, where would this be coming from? Yeah, it, it's a very interesting leak because it does look like it's an inside job. It's actually photographs of existing documents. So it looks like somebody with access to these documents in the Pentagon's intelligence wing took photographs and then leaked it. Now, the Pentagon says that they're engaged in a deep dive to try to locate the, the source of this leak. I guess all of a sudden now they're, they're interested in leakers. I mean, we've had the Pentagon Papers over the years. We've had, uh, you know, Julian Assange with uh, got access to it and published it. He's been punished. But these kinds of secrets, we're going to have to see what they really disclose. But one of the interesting points about this is that it shows that Russia has been having a difficult time in Ukraine, right? So you have to look to the motive of someone leaking this information. Is it someone who is trying to? continue the war in Ukraine, continue U.S. support for the war in Ukraine, trying to create the argument that Ukraine is, in fact, uh, winning this war. And so we've got to continue our support to make sure that we defeat Russia or Ukraine defeats Russia. So always take a look at, you know, go, go back one or two steps to try to see the motive of someone who might leak this kind of information. In the world of disinformation and deep fakes and everything, you're exactly, I don't know, I don't know what's real and, and whose interest everything serves, but um, it seems to be something significant happened when it comes to these leaks. Yep. Uh, certainly something significant beginning when it comes to the investigation of the Bidens. Monica, yes. thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Will. Always informative. Uh, she, is, she is quite a news source and very, very honest, very straightforward. So we're going to see what's going to happen to the Biden folks. I think we're in next step, but I can tell you this. I don't see any desire, willingness, or even a glimmer of this committee, especially this particular committee, the House Oversight Committee, ratcheting down and stopping their process to dig in and find out exactly in the way of money where it came from regarding the Biden family members and what the money was all about. And I think, fingers crossed, and it doesn't matter to me if it was Donald Trump and Don Jr. and Eric or any of those folks, if they were doing what is almost certain Joe Biden and his family members were doing, his brother Jim and his son Hunter specifically, it was evil. It was wrongdoing. If it was the Trump family, I'd feel the exact same way now. Dad, come on. You voted for Donald Trump. You have always been a Trump supporter. I was, not because of him being Donald Trump, but because of what he promised to do. And I looked in his life personally, and he'd been pretty successful at operating a bunch of big, big systems and corporations around the world and done a very successful job. And all he had to do was, when he got elected, tell us, hey, you remember what I told you back then in the campaign? I'm doing that right now. I'm getting the process started to turn this nation around and take it back from politicians and give it to the American people. And of course, then what happens we work together to make America great again. Uh-oh, an ultra-maga. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ultra, but listen, if my dog that's laying right beside me on the console now did what she said she would do and it made us a better nation, I'd put her in the White House. You would too. 
Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of craftsmen. Separating fact from fiction. Arming you with the ammunition of liberty. The truth on TNN. Truthnewsnet.org. I'm a truther. A truther. T-R-U-T-H-E-R. I tell the truth. I believe in telling the truth even when the truth is about bad news. That way we can make some at least intelligent decisions. Not much of that going on. Not much of it going on at least in one spot in the NBA. Did you hear about this? San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich in the pregame press conference yesterday. Greg Popovich, NBA. What in the heck are NBA coaches doing getting into politics. More and more coaches and players alike are just feeling they know just because they're good at whatever their sport is, they automatically know everything about everything. So during this press conference before the game, Greg Popovich suggested that Second Amendment freedoms are a myth, his words, a myth. And he blasted Ted Cruz, by the way, a Texas senator, for wanting to add more armed resource officers in classrooms and schools for defense. A video of the press conference showed Popovich saying these things. He segued into the Republican response to school shootings, and he said this, they're going to cloak all this stuff. You know, the myth of the Second Amendment. The freedom, you know it's just a myth, it's a joke, it's just a game they play. That's freedom for them. Well, he asked if freedom means going to school in fear. Here's what he added. Ted Cruz will fix them because he's going to double the number of cops in schools. That's what he wants to do. Well, that will create a great environment. Is that freedom? 
He didn't mention, by the way, how many armed officers and other security guards are in and around arenas during NBA games. Cops are there to preserve order, keep players and their audiences in the stadiums safe. He did complain about members of Congress whose Christmas cards showed them standing with their family and everyone holding a gun, including that, oh my gosh, weapon of war, AR-15. Can you believe that? Let me just say this. When all this stuff happened, this latest stuff that happened, six people being killed at that school in Nashville, we published, republished. It was actually the third time the story's been published, starting three years ago at one, right after one big school shootings. I did the research myself, put this plan together, put it out there. One nation on our planet has got the gun control and the crime with gun things down and shut down when it comes to school. Israel. And they have a plan, a very concerted plan. They had their last mass school shooting happen in 1972. And it was a terrorist attack on schools and a bunch of people died including the terrorists, but it was a a really bad deal. So they looked at the problem objectively, and they knew the problem's not guns. It's the people that use those guns for terrorist activities. There's not ever in history a single gun that has turned itself, loaded itself, turned itself on another, on any human being, and shot and killed a human being by itself. Doesn't happen. Never has, never will. I know a case of where a gun, loaded gun was dropped, a bullet went off, and it hit somebody in the head and killed them. One of the greatest singers and guitar players in history. Terry Kath, Chicago. Every other one that I know of, somebody picks up a gun chooses to use it against another human being, and they shoot them. 1972 to 2023. That's real close to 50 years. Let's see, 72, yeah, it's just shy of 50 years. They haven't had a mass shooting in Israel at any school. You know why? They secured every school. High fences, barbed wire around the top, one way to get in the school property, one way to get out, an armed guard on either side of that way in and that way out. Nobody gets in that doesn't have a specific appointment. You're stopped there. They ask you questions. If you've got an appointment, they call who you're supposed to meet with. They'll let you park your car right there. You can't enter the school until and unless that person you're meeting with comes out and meets you and takes you in for the meeting. Of course, everybody is scanned before they go into the facility. There aren't a bunch of armed guards posted around these schools. You know who are in those schools armed? Volunteer teachers that go through courses if they want to, and they conceal carry. 
Oh, also, in Israel, if you go to school, public school, you go on a bus. And every school bus has two Israeli military members armed with those evil mass killing guns, AR-15s. One in the back and one in the front. Hadn't been an incident going to or leaving school for any kids since 1972. It works. Why would we not examine that and even consider it? You, you do understand. One school district, Los Angeles Public Schools, Joe Biden's administration gave them in one check $6 billion. $6 billion. And COVID-19 money to help them retrofit public school campuses to make the air clear, to stop those evil COVID molecules floating through the air, infecting other people around the school. I'm not saying anything negative about doing that, but what I'm saying is, what would it cost to put high fences around all the public schools in Los Angeles and creating an entrance where there's only one way in, one way out. Last week, that horrible shooting that happened down in Florida, six, excuse me, three kids, three people gunned down. It was a really nasty situation. And once again, all of the sycophants, the gun haters, guns hate them, hate them, hate them. They all started screaming and hollering things like, San Antonio Spur coach Greg Popovich. And so he has a press conference, the sheriff. I, I'm not even going to tell you what he said. Listen for yourself. I know each of you in the media here and viewers out there probably heard us in law enforcement or even in community events talk about what is the problem. And I'm going to go ahead and address the first thing that I know it's going to come up. Because... There are individuals out there viewing, and to include some of you media, that want to blame the one thing that has no ability or the capacity to commit the crime itself, and that's the gun. These individuals committed the crime. Sheriff, you mentioned uh, the gun. Do we know how the, the uh, suspects got a hold of the weapon? Car burglaries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ain't that right? All the gun laws we got in place didn't prevent it, did it? Neither will any new ones. Because here's the fact. The bad guy is going to get a gun no matter what law you have put in place. These juveniles shouldn't even possess a handgun. But they did. And I'll go back to you, add your question. A simple burglary, as some people will say, but I don't consider anything simple when it comes to a burglary. The law allows me, I'll plaster their face up on this page, up on my page, up on media. I will hand it out if the law allows me because parents have the right to know who their kids are hanging out with and preventing this. So you heard the sheriff. He blasted the media that were there and he blasted the general public who are saying, you know what, we got to get rid of these guns because facts matter. 
Let me give you some of the facts of that case. Judge Wood, not Judge, Sheriff Woods, was talking about the three suspects fled the scene but left a lot of evidence in their week, in their wake. He says the suspects are part of a larger group who have been involved in burglaries and robberies. We have nothing to say that it was any rivalry or anything to make it happen. However, each and every one of them was associated in some shape or form in some way with the gang. There's no honor among thieves. At the same point, these individuals turned on our three victims and murdered them. Sheriff said he had to stare in the eyes of the suspect's mothers who were willing to give their sons everything before they were arrested. Fact is, he said, society fells them. We don't hold our juveniles accountable. We minimize their actions. So who are these thugs? One of them, Robert Robinson, 17, was taken to a juvenile facility Thursday after he was arrested for brawling at his school. Chris Atkins, 12, was taken into custody at his house while a third suspect, Taj Bruton, age 16, is still on the run. All three victims were reportedly friends, and they knew their killers. They included an unidentified 17-year-old male Two 16-year-old females identified as Layla Silvernell and Camille Quarles. The teens were shot, left for dead in the rural county north of Orlando sometime between March 30th and April 1st. Facts in this thing make a little difference, don't you think? Discovery of this shooting was made when sheriff's deputies responded to the area called Forest Lakes Park, where they located Silvernail, 16, with a gunshot wound on the side of the road. She was allegedly dumped. She was taken to a hospital in critical condition, declared brain dead, was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. The next day, cops responded and found a deceased 17-year-old boy with a gunshot wound also apparently dumped on the side of the road. It's about a half mile away from where they found Silvernail. April 1st, forensic unit underwater recovery team responded to the area of Maluka Loop and found Silvernail's vehicle partially underwater in a, in a pond. She was there of her own free will, Woods commented regarding Silvernail. Cops found Quarles dead in Silvernail's car trunk. Suspects have admitted to shooting and killing her in the vehicle. The cops can prove all three were in her car with the victims before they were killed. Authorities believe they were all shot at the same time. Wood says the suspect attained guns from car thefts. Sheriff previously told one agency he believed the suspects are part of a wannabe or neighborhood gang. Look, criminals are going to have guns. Criminals are going to conduct criminal acts. There have been millions of guns in private ownership around the nation since the nation has been here. And there have always been shootings. There have always been actions that have been taken by legally owned 
guns in the hands of people to defend themselves. How much of that happens? The stats, I know this will shock you, but they're very um, skewed because nobody in media wants to give us accurate stats. The FBI doesn't want to give us accurate stats on that. We do know there are hundreds of thousands of self-defense actions that are taken where guns are used to protect individuals and people. Why is all of this crazy mass stuff happening so often now in the U.S., especially at schools? Principally, if you think about it, if you're a criminal, you don't necessarily, unless you want to commit suicide, you don't want to go somewhere where you know there's armed people there that are there to take care of you if you show up with a gun to do some criminal acts on people that are there. They don't want to go there. So what are the signs that you see outside of almost every school campus? This is a no-gun zone. Where else could a shooter, a criminal that wants to shoot somebody, feel more at home than going where they know there's nobody with a gun that's going to push back and stop them from doing something they want to do? And the fact that there are people that want to do that and are willing to go do it, that's the cause of the killings. Let me just make a prediction for you. I'm not a prophet, but I'll make a prediction for you. Until and unless the American people are committed to stop criminality of every kind, top to bottom, I don't care what the law is. This is a representative republic. You pull a lever, you sign a ballot, you stick it in a box, however you vote, to elect those who have convinced you they're the best people to number among those 535 lawmakers in D.C. that are there for one purpose and one purpose only, to create laws, implement those laws, and make sure all of our government operations go as they're supposed to legally. Every action they take should be within the limits of the law. Now, why are these young kids just going off on these rampages and doing whatever they want to? Well, guess what? Those people that are in D.C. to craft laws, pass laws, enforce laws aren't doing it. Listen to this. Health and Human Services HHS Secretary Javier Becerra yesterday said the Biden administration is considering defying a conservative federal judge's order to stop the approval of Mephistone, the nation's most widely used abortion drug. Just listen to the sentence. The Biden the president is considering defying a federal judge's order that suspends the approval of mifepristone, the nation's most widely used abortion drug. And here's the justification. 
Becerra, quote, we want the courts to overturn this reckless decision. We want, yes, that women continue to have access to a drug that's proven itself safe. Millions of women have used this drug around the world. Disagree with what a judge seeks and says. Disagree with this state judge down in Texas. There's a process, a legal process in place. If he made an illegal, unconstitutional ruling, appeal it to the first federal appeals court above that judge and take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Becerra, who was formerly in the U.S. Congress, he took an oath of office to abide by the laws, to enforce the rule of law, the Constitution, and he's saying the president is thinking about not complying with the law. The judge doesn't make laws, folks. The legislative bodies make the laws. And here is a appointed bureaucrat, not elected to do what he's doing, and he's saying, we're going to break the laws probably, but it's because we think that's for the common good. And then there's AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She went nuts yesterday afternoon, doubling down on her belief that the Biden administration should simply ignore the court injunction on a popular abortion bill. And by the way, she also defended her push to impeach Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Now, what the heck is she on Justice Clarence Thomas about? Well, she went to Twitter, a Twitter war. She said the ruling by this judge was judicial overreach as it forces the executive branch to limit the availability of the abortion pill. She also said judges who repeatedly break the law, her That's a quote. Judges who repeatedly break the law should face impeachment. Quote, if we do not impeach when lifetime appointees repeatedly break the law in stunning shows of corruption, if we do not rein in the systematic abuse of judicial overreach, and if we rely on, all we rely on is for those abusing power to police themselves, we have no one else to blame. It must stop. She gave you a political science lesson. She said the branches of government differ in function and Biden's executive authority allows him to dictate how the ruling should be enforced or not. Did you get that? An elected official, New York, branches of government differ in function, which that's truthful, and that Biden's executive authority allows him to dictate how the ruling should be enforced or not. That's a lie. That is unconstitutional. Every law that is passed has particular specific outcomes that go along with the prosecution and the enforcement of each law. And she, my friends, by saying that, is promoting fascism. And she calls everybody that disagrees with her in government a fascist. 
when what she just said is fascist. She wasn't through. She called the current situation to the Trump administration's inaction on restoring the DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals policy, after a court ordered him to do so. GOP are losing their minds over this, but there's precedent, including their own. Courts ordered Trump to fully restore DACA. They ignored it with Republican support, she said. The Democrat lawmaker added, GOP operates in complete contempt for the law until they're in a position to shred constitutional and human rights. And she just tripled down on stupid, saying it's called agency non-acquiescence. I guess that's a new legal term she just invented, non-agency non-acquiescence. The courts are now going rogue with rulings that no longer even pretend to respect precedent, jurisprudence, or limits to overreach. They're long overdue for a check and balance. Not doing so paves a dangerous road of worsening abuse of power. Now, talk about this. What about mob rule? Her comments echoed those that she shared during an interview Sunday with CNN's Dana Bash, where she said there was extraordinary amount of precedent for this. It has happened before, the idea of consistency in governance until there's a higher court ruling, she said, adding that it's not unprecedented to happen. So this was all over that Texas court ruling. (laughs) And of course, the whole thing is, she thinks it should come down the other way. And guess what? It eventually may, based upon the law, as is going to be determined by who? a different branch of government from which she serves in. She thinks, I'm in Congress. I represent a few thousand people in a New York City borough. That gives me authority to tell everybody what everybody in the nation needs to do. That's called fascism. Now, what's this... She's pushing for impeachment of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And she accused him of repeatedly breaking the law. What's that all about? An investigation that was done, not by a government entity, but by a media entity, shared that a years-long friendship with a guy named Harlan Crow, Clarence Thomas, Harlan Crow, who, by the way, is a billionaire donor and real estate developer. ProPublica is the media outlet, found that Thomas took several trips and received lavish gifts from Crow without disclosing them. Thomas subsequently admitted to receiving the personal hospitality, but he defended his behavior as not reportable. So Thursday, she picked it up. Ho, 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 ho. Of course, she's Puerto Rican, and he's black, so she can say anything without being racist, talking about a black justice because she's a woman of color, right? She said Thomas's position on the court was an emergency and that he should be impeached. She doubled down on her claim Friday after the host asked her to respond to Thomas's statement defending what he had done. Quote, He stated the reason and the rationale for this exemption, 
was personal hospitality from an old friend. He said himself in his statement, a friend of 25 years, Justice Thomas has been on the court for 30 years. What he is admitting in his statement in an attempt to defend himself is he began this relationship with a billionaire, received these sorts of gifts after he was appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States. She added, I think that in and of itself indicates a very serious problem. She called for Chief Justice John Roberts to come forward and explain whether he was aware and if he allowed the corruption to continue. AOC said the House was not in session this week, so she would use the time to strategize, but says she may ultimately be the one to introduce impeachment articles against Thomas. Well, let me just throw in a couple of facts before we move on. AOC, have you read the regulations passed by the Supreme Court members on what is allowable, what is not allowable, what can and cannot done regarding things like this, travel on private jets, uh, having involvement with anybody about anything that has in the past, is currently, or may likely come before the court with anybody that it would look like what they were doing would influence that. Obviously, she hasn't. Because everything he did with this family, there was nothing hidden. They have been best friends. They travel together. They go places together. Yeah, the the guy's got a private jet. And the Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts and his wife, they travel with them. They vacation together. But this guy has nothing that's ever come before the court in any kind of way. But that's not the big deal. The big deal is far-left justices have done and are doing the same things. Why? Because the written rules that they passed that have been public information for decades, all of it is allowed. Of course, she didn't say anything. No problem with former Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she actually performed a marriage of two same-sex people, a very public marriage, when gay marriage wasn't legal. And there was a case at the Supreme Court that was pending when she performed that wedding. Think maybe there might have been a little conflict there. Nobody said anything about it. Why? The power junkies at the top, fascist. (laughs) Don't do what the law says. Do what we say. Even when we say it and it's against the law, it's okay. We can do that. Why? Because we're Democrats and we're always within our rights. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. 
Napa Auto Parts keeps America running, and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. Have a seat. Hey, where's the food? What kind of meeting is this? There's no food. We just said that so you would show up. What? No food? There's someone we think you should talk to. Hey, Dan, your co-workers told me you haven't done your taxes. I just want to say, you can call a TurboTax Live CPA for help. We'll help you get your refund and get back to your life. You'd really do that for me? Yeah, Dan. It's literally my job. Thanks, guys. So there's no snacks? Nothing? I brought kale. TurboTax Live. Now with CPAs on demand. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. If you haven't done your taxes, you got to do it this week, folks. Do next Monday. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a hard week for a lot of people. Well, there's something hanging over your shoulder that may make it a little more expedient, not only to get them done, but to make sure they're accurate when you file them. Now, I'm talking about this massive new funding program and money the Biden administration got passed and it is going to hire tens of thousands and they're doing it now of new agents. And of course the Biden administration, they've been marching all of their minions out there for weeks and months telling us it's not that big a deal. We're doing this to only go after those evil wealthy Americans that They just get by not paying their fair share of taxes. We're going to make sure that they do it. 80,000 agents, we're told. You know how many billionaires there are in the United States? Less than 700. Do the math. 80,700. You don't need 80,000 people to make sure that 700 people pay their fair share, whatever their fair share might be. And, of course, we don't know. I would venture to guess that those people, they pay their fair share, plus probably pay more because they outsource their accounting stuff to law firms, CPA firms that have law lawyers in their firms to make sure that they're doing the right job for their employees. Now, Obviously, there's a lot of possibilities that are there. But now we find out this is not about those billionaires. Hmm. So what's really going on there? And you may need to hear this and think about this this week as you're doing your taxes. Grover Norquist weighed in with some facts about this real IRS action that is going on right now. Joining me now is Grover Northwest, president of Americans for Tax Reform. Grover, great to see you. 
So what's your take on all these new IRS agents? Is, is this really uh, an effort to go get money from rich people? Or are they going to go where the real money is at with way more people who make less than $400,000? Well, Congress had the opportunity to vote to forbid increasing audits on people who earned less than $400,000. The Republicans put that up and said, OK, that's what you want to do. Let's put it in law. And uh, Biden opposed it and every single Democrat opposed it. They've made it very clear that their rhetoric was going to go after rich people and uh, corporations. But in point of fact, they're aiming at everybody. And as you know, the middle, real money is in middle America and they're going to be increasing audits on everyone. But the IRS has not been upfront about what their plans are. They were supposed to 48 days ago, according to Janet Yellen, who gave them six months. Frankly, if somebody asked me for $80 billion, I'd ask for a written plan. Biden didn't. He just said, we're going to give you $80 billion. And then he made stories up about what he'd do with it, but none of it was in law. Then he said, would you please put it in writing, says Janet Yellen, going, you know, for, it's six months from now. That was 48 days ago. They decided to drop their memo about this, oh, the weekend before Easter. Um, and when you read it, the Wall Street Journal uh, pointed out that there's very little there. Politico went nuts on there's nothing in there. They give you they're supposed to give you 10 years of spending plans. They go through one or two. They, they do say we're on track to hire 87,000. They used to lie about that. It's very scary how much they don't want to tell you about their plans. Grover, that's because I don't think this is about bringing in more money to the federal coffers. This is not about audits. This is about political persecution. The IRS has been used as a wing of the Democrat Party to go after Republicans. I saw it in my own campaign when I ran in 2010. It's a political weapon, and they're going to beef up the IRS to go after Republicans. And, you know, it's, it's not like you're publicly charged. It's a private endeavor, a private pain that you go through with the IRS. $80 billion, not a single dollar goes to any reform of your privacy or to even look into the people who stole IRS data and handed it out to ProPublica, a left-wing group to attack people with. I mean, there have been breaches and attacks on uh, the Tea Party movement. Lois where people Lerner. were not allowed to incorporate a single conservative group for three years. Yeah, Lois Lerner. Yes. She was not... Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah, but she was not punished for what happened. She, 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 got her pension. she apologized for it and gave her a bonus. Gave her a bonus. Listen, Grover, it's, it's important to expose what they're really doing here. Um, it's not about money. It's about persecution. And this is, this is what it's going to be used for. Grover Norquist, one of the lead fighters for tax reform, trying to bring taxes down. I've always loved you, Grover. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Well, I, um, I just wanted to let you listen to that. To to make sure as you get your taxes done or you're doing them yourself that you're pretty careful making sure you dot I's and cross T's because they may come. And listen, if you've never been audited, I have several times and always been squeaky clean, thank God, but it's because I've had good tax production for documents. And when you do the right thing, right things happen. Everybody's going to be fair. If they come after you about something specific, it's probably because there's some there there. And if there's no there there, you're going to be able to 
show the facts based upon the documentation you have in front of you that gave you the information that went on that tax return that backs it up. Just do the right thing. And if you can't figure it out, spend a few bucks and find somebody that can give you the right answers. I got to be honest with you. It's scary as can be to get audited. And you have to go to their offices and sit down, or worse still, they come to yours. That's the worst case scenario, because then they can see, looking around your company, maybe you had some real big expenses, or maybe you didn't have the revenue hit that last year that you thought that you would. And so they see you may have a bunch of employees out there, and the numbers just don't seem to fit. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to keep you from getting scared to death. Just be careful. A lot of other things happening around us. China is kind of in the bullseye of everybody for attention right now. I mean, folks, China, in the world stage right now, they are number one enemy of the United States. It's not the Soviet Union. Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. Vladimir Putin has tried to turn and has, in large part, Russia into the old Soviet Union. But they're like number two or number three on the list. China, they're after us. Congressman Mike McCall of Texas, he's one of those that went to Taiwan last week for that secret trip. And he is really, really concerned about what China is up to. And he had some interesting things to say after his trip. Listen to this. He said that China could gain control of Taiwan in the next election in January without even a shot being fired. He's the House Foreign Affairs Committee chairman. He was on Meet the Press yesterday. Said, well, they don't want a military confrontation. We certainly don't want that, McCall responded after he was asked if a military confrontation between China and Taiwan is inevitable. In 2020, seems like a a light year ago. It was just three years ago. China's ruling Communist Party imposed what they call a national security law on Hong Kong. And that national security law authorized local authorities to stop and arrest people on wide-ranging national security charges. And this happened in the aftermath of pro-democracy protests that went on in Hong Kong. That was a wake-up call for the people of Taiwan, McCall said, noting that it helps secure President Xi Ing-wen's re-election in Taiwan. Putin's invasion in the Ukraine was also an eye-opener. It woke up the Taiwanese people that now you're seeing what we haven't seen since World War II, and that is dictators invading sovereign territory and getting away with it. Taiwan is very nervous, and they should be, about Chinese leader Xi Jinping telling his rubber-stamped Congress that he wants to integrate Taiwan under Beijing's rule. McCall explained it. Now, there's a political debate here with Taiwan's two different parties. One party wants to talk to China. President Xi's party does not want to be a part of China. And I think the next election in January 
are going to be extremely important because I do believe with the former president in China right now, China's going to try to influence this next election and take over the island of Taiwan without even firing a shot. The former Taiwanese president, Ma Ying-Zhu, traveled to China for a 12-day visit at the end of last month. Not a good sign for Taiwan. On April 5th, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and a bipartisan group of our legislators met with President Xi at the Reagan Presidential Library in California. A day before that happened, the Chinese embassy in D.C. implored the American lawmakers not to go meet with her. I have to point out that China will not sit idly by in the face of a blatant provocation and will most likely take necessary and resolute actions in response to the unwanted situation. Let's work together to prevent such a thing from happening. That came from a, an embassy representative in D.C. China called Xi's meeting with McCarthy as a provocation, provocation and threatened countermeasures if the group gathered. And so, their deal. Chinese have to respond. So they did. On April 8th, their military conducted drills dispatching fighter jets into Taiwan's airspace and surrounding the island with warships to simulate a naval blockade. Now, you may not even know this. Have you ever figured out what's the deal about Taiwan and China? How did it all happen? After a civil war, Taiwan broke away from China in 1949. 1949 is when they did. When the U.S. formally established diplomatic relations with the Chinese government in 1979, 30 years later, officials, they re, uh, they did away with their ties to Taiwan. Under its one China policy, you've heard that term used a lot, the U.S. acknowledges Beijing's position that Taiwan is part of China. The U.S. has not reestablished diplomatic relations with China, but does with Taiwan, but does provide the island of about 24 million citizens with military aid. So, a bipartisan delegation of House members went to Taiwan April 6th, and they went there to meet with Taiwanese business leaders and senior government officials to discuss ways the U.S. can strengthen our economic and defensive relationship with Taiwan in the face of growing threats in their region. At a luncheon in Taipei two days later, McCall said the U.S. will help Taiwan with armed forces training and accelerate deliveries of weapons. I signed off on those deliveries. We are doing everything in our power to expedite this, he said. Peace through strength is real, and that's why we need to harden Taiwan. McCall was on Meet the Press yesterday, from Taiwan, by the way, And he said that in a potential confrontation with China, the nation's defense abilities are not where they need to be. If we're going to have deterrence for peace, we need to get these weapons into Taiwan, he said. McCall, he pointed out that he signed off on a 22 weapon systems over three years ago, and they have yet to get into Taiwan. That will provide deterrence to Chairman Xi to think twice, you know, about an invasion. And secondly is the combat training that is occurring on the island. 
we need to ramp that up to a larger scale so they can provide the projection of strength and deterrence. They're not where they need to be right now. Now, let me, ju- let me just say this about what's going on over there. It's real. It's real. And looking from Beijing to Washington, D.C., is Communist leader Xi Jinping. Three years ago, there was a man in the White House, the first foreign dignitary that Donald Trump invited to come to the United States right after he was inaugurated was Xi Jinping and his wife. And they met with him in Mar-a-Lago and spent time together, had interviews with people, talked about governing two major world countries at the same time and getting along with each other. And for four years, China did nothing in the way of terrorizing any other nation, anything that could be viewed as an attempted military action to take control of another nation. They began to work diligently on improving their economy and building their military, which is all legal and righteous. But all of that changed when Joe Biden was elected just two years ago. Two years ago, the world changed regarding superpowers. The United States, which had long held the number one spot in the nation, all of a sudden, We may not even be second now. We may be third. Number one is China. And it's almost totally because of leadership there and lack of leadership here. On this show, you heard us play twice in the last two weeks a prediction by Glenn Beck, who said there would be war with China in 2025. Now, what is he basing that on? He's basing it on the same things that you and I are looking at and watching and hearing about. Joe Biden's doing nothing about China. Absolutely nothing. Our military is sucking eggs. We can't, we can't even get people. We can't, we can't even get people. I apologize for that. We can't get people to even look at and believe we need to do these things. We need to do them. We have to do these things to be ready just in case. Well, those things cost a lot of money. Hey, $6 billion in one check to one school system in California to retrofit some buildings? The ventilation in buildings? Six billion dollars now six billion that's not a lot of money in the context of a department of defense annual budget but it will do a whole lot we can't even fill our spots the numbers of people we have in our military we can't people get people to join because they don't believe in the leadership of our military Our military is depleted in equipment, in engineering, in warships. I think we're okay in the Air Force area. 
But also remember this, we've depleted our stockpiles tremendously during the Ukraine-Russia conflict. We've been sending all kind of stuff over there and writing checks at the same time coming out of the defense budget. That's not a good thing. I do like one thing that they have done. The U.S. Navy deployed a guided missile submarine capable of carrying up to 154 Tomahawk missiles that's now sitting in the Middle East. That obviously is a show of force, maybe just against Iran, maybe Syria, maybe Turkey if necessary, and it's also a telltale sign to Xi Jinping in China. The Navy rarely acknowledges the location or the deployment of its submarines. Commander Timothy Hawkins He's a spokesman for the 5th Fleet based in the Gulf nation of Bahrain, declined to comment on the sub's mission or what had prompted its deployment. It's a nuclear-powered sub. It's based out of Kings Bay, Georgia, and it passed through the Suez Canal on Friday, capable of carrying up to 154 Tomahawk land-attack cruise missiles and has deployed the U.S. 5th Fleet to help ensure regional maritime security and stability. So they'll be cruising the Strait of Hormuz, which is the narrow mouth of the Persian Gulf through which 20% of oil transits the world. Its region includes the Bab el-Mandeb Strait off Yemen, the Red Sea stretching up the Suez Canal, the Egyptian waterway leaking the Mideast to the, Med, to, uh, the Mediterranean Sea. The U.S., the U.K., and Israel have accused Iran of targeting oil tankers and commercial ships recently. Allegations, of course, denied by Tehran. The U.S. Navy has also reported a series of tense encounters at sea with Iranian forces that said were being recklessly aggressive. Now, I heard our Department of Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, General Lloyd Austin, in those committee hearings I told you about in our first hour today. And he was asked about the recent back and forth between the United States and Iran over in Syria. There have been rockets fired, missiles fired, people have died, including Americans. And one of the senators wanted specific numbers from the defense secretary about how many of these kind of attacks have happened since Joe Biden became president. I'm going to give you the exact numbers that he quoted 83 times. There have been 83 incidents where Iran has militarily reached out in some way, form, or fashion and attacked some of our allies with our Americans there, and in some cases, some of our American military people, 83 times. And the senator asked him, how many times have we retaliated for those 83 times we've been attacked do you know how many times Lloyd Austin's military your military my military but on his watch how many times we've responded three 83 attacks and we responded with three and so the senator asked the secretary of defense Doesn't that seem a little message sending to Iranian leadership 
that we only responded three times to their 83 attacks against us. What does that mean to you, Secretary Austin? You know what Secretary Austin's response was? I stand by our policies. The other incident. You remember we had a drone that got shot down in the Black Sea last week. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Russians shot it down. Senator asked what, what we have done after that, after that missile, that missile shot us down, our drone. How have we responded? What have we done? And he asked the general specifically, are we still flying our reconnaissance missions in the same place? And Austin's response was, Senator, we're flying all of our surveillance in the plan, the structure of the plan, and the places we need them to go at the times that we need for them to go. Senator said, you didn't answer my question. He repeated the question. Austin said the same response. In other words, we haven't gone back. We're not looking at the same places. We're not surveilling the same places where that drone was shot down at. Now, what kind of message does that send to Iran over there? Same thing that this administration is sending out to every other tyrannical country on the planet. The Americans aren't going to do anything. You've got a green light. You want to go in any country? You want to do anything even against the Americans? Go ahead. Nothing's going to happen. They're feckless now. So in a whirlwind of hearings last month, our leaders in the Pentagon, they revealed to us all how much the Ukraine war has cut into our munitions stockpiles. You know, things that you got to have in place if you're contemplating even a remote possibility of getting into an armed conflict. Massive rates of ammunition consumption from the war have caused the Pentagon to reevaluate our needs for a potential China contingency. One of the big lessons coming out of Ukraine is the incredible consumption of conventional munitions and the conduct of what is really a limited regional war. So a great power war, if they're ever to happen, God forbid it does, the consumption rates would be incredible. And that's according to Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. Mark Milley, as reports of a munitions shortage increased following rapid withdrawals from our arsenals to supply the war in Ukraine, defense leaders in testimony before Congress revealed deep concern about the U.S.'s ability to sustain a contest with China. We have devoted millions of rounds of munitions to Ukraine since this invasion started by Russia more than a year ago have drained our stockpiles, and that's setting off alarm bells in Congress and the White House on the state of America's arsenal in light of higher-than-expected consumption rates in Ukraine. Senior leaders in the DOD and military service branches in statements to justify the Pentagon's budget request for the coming year warn that the U.S. has massive hurdles to overcome to rebuild to the level necessary to counter China and remains vulnerable in the meantime. Here's the part that blows my mind. We have 
concerns. We have concerns, but we haven't made any specific plans. How do we and where do we go to renew our supply of munitions to get back to readiness data? They have no plan. That should scare the snot out of everybody. If we got pulled into a a real conflict, a real war right now, we are nowhere close to being ready for one. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. With Ford Pass, rewards are just a tap away. Whether it's using rewards points toward things like complimentary maintenance, or for vehicle accessories. And with Ford Pass, a tap can also get you 24-7 roadside assistance and lock your vehicle. Only Ford Pass puts all this in the palm of your hand. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You love chocolate. Mm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes. M&M's dark chocolate candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. When the lie becomes the norm, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. On our way out of this Monday, I'm going to blow your mind with some information. (laughs) If I haven't already blown your mind enough, Google, Twitter, Meta, which is Facebook, TikTok's executive ranks. Those companies all rolled in together have included over 200 former employees of a surveillance government agency, one of the others, creating an employment pipeline between the government and big tech companies. Over 200 of them, folks. The big tech companies recruited 248 employees from the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, and the DHS. These hirings occurred mostly between 2017 and 2022, with several filling top director positions after having decade-long careers in the surveillance industry. Google hired 130 former DOJ, DHS, CIA, and FBI employees. 130. 
Facebook slash Meta and Instagram, by the way, employed 47 people for those three entities who were previously at the DOJ, FBI, or DHS. TikTok. TikTok is a Chinese-based app embattled with national security concerns, has 25 former DOJ, FBI, DHS, or CIA employees. Twitter, 46 executives who had previously spent time working for the three-letter agencies. Reed Rubenstein, former Deputy Associate Attorney General under Trump, said that Americans should be concerned about terrifying integration of big tech companies and federal agencies. The revolving door has been a feature of D.C. for as long as I can remember, he said. Any business that is heavily regulated is going to be concerned about managing the regulators. One way to do that is just to buy them. As we saw with Jim Baker, they are still wearing sometimes two hats. They still talk informally to folks who are in the intelligence community, so it's not necessarily a clean break. In fact, what they pay for is those relationships. The integration of big tech and the national security state, it's dystopian, it's terrifying. They have enough data to show that that power, which is immense, is going to be abused. And right now, there is no effective check on what's happening there. Anybody? Hey, you want to come to work for Twitter or Facebook or even TikTok? Come on down. You come from the government. We love having you here. And all your contact information's from your iPhone. Hey, that's a wrap on the show today. Thank you so much for being here with us. And again, thanks for giving us a pass on Friday. And listen, with all the negative stuff we talked about, it's only as bad as you want to let it be. You can't change things that you can't change. (laughs) But we can pray and we can vote. And we can talk to others. Do all of that. And while you're doing that, Click your heels together. Don't be sad, scared, or angry. Have a good day. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All through my city, all through my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, lock the way we rock it. So don't stop. And under the lights when everything goes. Nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we move, well, you already know. So just imagine When you dance, dance, dance Feel a good, good creeping up on you So just dance, dance, dance Come on All those things I shouldn't do But you dance, dance, dance And ain't nobody leaving soon So keep dancing I can't stop the feeling So just dance, dance, dance I can't stop the feeling So just dance, dance, dance Come on Ooh, it's something magical It's in the air, it's in my blood 
So just dance, dance, dance. I can't stop the feeling. So just dance, dance, dance. I can't stop the feeling. So just dance, dance, dance. I can't stop the feeling. So just dance, dance, dance. I can't stop the feeling. So just dance, dance, dance. I can't stop